Uh, well, we're going. <laughs> All right. What's up, queers? We are back again. Hello, hello. It is I. And Liv. It sounds so funny when I say it. Like, <laughs> my name's I. Like, no shit. You're yeah. a human being. It's I. Welcome anyway. to speaking to the third person. And how great does that feel? I hate it. <laughs> I am not enjoying speaking in the third person at all. But, you know, here we are. Here we are. I mean, how have you been? I haven't seen you in a few days. Yeah, five whole days. Welcome. Where have you been? Uh, traveling. Working. That, well, that's true. Working that's and true. traveling. I've also just been sick. So I am sorry in advance for all of the uh, sniffles that you may hear. I'm going to try to edit them all out, but <laughs> no promises. No promises. Uh, it's the first cold that I've had in mm-hmm. three and a half years. Really? Yes. Since COVID, I have not had a cold. Interesting. And I forgot how awful they are. Oh, no. It like hits you. Yeah. I had bad jet lag when I came back from South Africa. Mm -hmm. And that was the first time I'd been sick in a while. Yeah. And I was just kind of like, oh, so this is what it feels like for my body to absolutely hate me. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty scary. Oh, my God. Speaking of, since we last recorded, you went to South Africa. I did. I went to South Africa for two weeks. Well, two and a half weeks. I went with my partner. Emily, this is our, mm-hmm. that was our first big, not only was it our first like trip or international trip together, it was our first big trip together that lasted more than three nights. Oh my God. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Three nights to two and a half weeks. Yeah. Holy shit. Well, Emily and I are in a long distance relationship. Yeah. So it's like, we only really get weekends with each other. And so, and this was like a big deal. Like we had planned no this, we planned this trip, what, like five five six months ago something like that like a couple months ago she'll correct me when she listens to this episode (laughs) and so we planned it and we just kind of like woke up one day and we're like oh my god we're doing this yeah like we're we're doing and I had bad anxiety because I was like this is this might ruin my relationship right and I might spiral (laughs) not really though but like like if we break up like I would obviously be sad and very obviously yeah but it ended up being amazing for our relationship she ended up getting a little bit sick during the trip so I had Mm -hmm. to take care of her and then I got sick after the trip so she took care of me and it was just kind of like we got to we didn't not argue Mm -hmm. but it wasn't anything that was like oh I'm seeing you in a whole new light it was just like Emily pick where we're going to eat to to dinner tonight like I'm so hungry right now you could tell me we're eating out of a trash can and I would be excited yeah like it was just little things but at the end of it we learned to communicate better and I I mean like I miss her more now yeah it's it's hard once you once you do that it it really does set a whole new benchmark for the relationship yeah our first big out of the country trip together was to Mexico for Andy's brother's wedding Mm mm-hmm and we went to um, Oaxaca and we got there, you know, obviously a few days early. Andy had actually already been in Mexico for a week visiting where they used to work. So I met them there and it was it was a lot. So I can fully appreciate yeah. that whole new experience that you get in the relationship as a couple, as individuals. So yeah. it's exciting. I mean, how long were you guys married bo- or married like together before you went on this trip? Um, just over a year. Yeah, that's about the same yeah. with Emily and I. We celebrated our anniversary, our one year anniversary of, of dating, of being exclusive. And then like four months later, we went on this trip. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's it's pretty, it pretty much lines up. Like yeah, absolutely. After that, you're just kind of like, all right, well. Well, and this is the first time I've gone on an international trip with a partner at all. Yeah. Uh, Just like out of everyone I've been with, mm-hmm. never have I left the country with them because that was something that was really scary for me because it's like not only are you dealing with the like the the fear and anxiety that comes with just going somewhere unknown that's just traveling just traveling 
you are in another country, which means that you don't have like a quick plane ride. You can't just like rent a car and drive mm-hmm. home if you need to. Mm-hmm. You literally are in another place. You are you don't know your surroundings. Mm-hmm. So it's it's scary and it definitely yeah. tests a relationship. But I'm so glad that you guys had that experience and, yeah. and that it went well. My biggest anxiety about it mostly was like, what if we were to fight and like, wh- where do I get my escape from? Yeah. But thankfully, like nothing was too crazy. Um, and we actually were able to like enjoy each other's time. And it kind of gave us a glimpse of like what our future would be like. Right. You know, and like being a queer podcast, like that's like one thing that I think like a lot of people in long distance relationships, this is something that we'll talk about in another episode, but like being in a long distance relationship, queer or not, like you don't get to just pretend to live with each other for a few days at a time. Like you get to, you have to like really imagine what it's going to be like. So this, this was a whole different. 100%. Yeah. It's really cool. And, and though there are certainly those external aspects of it that you don't get like work and mm-hmm. you know the day-to-day that you have it, it definitely does give you a glimpse into what that what that's like yeah so. at least what traveling with yeah. that person would be like exactly well now that we've had travel corner <laughs> <laughs> let's get into what this episode is going to be about yes. so we are going to be talking about our coming out stories yeah uh, we thought no better way to start this podcast than by telling you guys how we got to where we are and where we are in our queer journeys i guess mm-hmm. i think that there is this whole sense that coming out is something that you continue to do throughout your life. And I think that Liv is going to talk a little bit about some of the the terminology around coming out mm-hmm. versus other ways of it describing it, of allowing people into your life versus and into who you are versus this whole just idea of I'm jumping out of this closet every time I meet a new person. So I think that's super exciting. I'm really excited to talk about it. So like I'm excited about this and I I also am just kind of like giggling a little bit. Uh, Liv and I were just talking and she has all of these notes about her coming out story and I come to this episode and I'm like, yo, I've told this story so many (laughs) times, so many times. Like if I leave something out, oh well. I mean, I have like what, two, two and a half pages worth of notes. It's color coded. It's highlighted. Like I'm like, I can't miss any thing like I sat down and like really looked at my journals and looked at like my therapy notes and like looked at everything and like myself and like who I was and all this stuff that I went through and I was like I can't miss any of this this somebody's gonna connect maybe maybe not who cares yeah and then like I found some like fun facts like in the middle of like doing some research and like okay well I have my notebook and I have my planner and like this is what I did and this is what I'm thinking and you're like well I just woke up from a nap and I already know what I'm gonna be talking about um I've been telling this for over a decade so just shoot your shot and I was like okay honestly though I mean I got up this morning and I was like I'm not gonna get ready I'm gonna get back in bed and cuddle with Andy and our pups it was so so funny because I felt so guilty moving our recording time from like 8 a.m to noon (laughs) and meanwhile I was like like, I'm gonna take a nap I know and I was like hey I'm ready for you and you're like give me 20 minutes But I mean, that's the dynamic of our friendship. Like, I'm just so... Funny is that I have always been the, like, rigid, planned person my whole life. Yeah. And it's only been in the last few years that I have turned into this, like, eh, laissez-faire. Things happen. Human being, so... I mean, that's what... that. Well, when... Once we get more into it, but, like, when you go through a lot of the things that we have been through and will discuss like it really does change a person oh yeah for sure 100 percent. but some uh just some some quick fun facts the pew research center did a 2013 study kind of like on coming out and like just like the generic statistics so that 
queer people know what life is like out yeah. there. And um, in a study done of almost 400 gay men or people who identify as men and gay, mm-hmm. around the age of 10 years old, they first thought of other men in a sexual way okay. or at least in like an attractive way. Wow, at 10. 10 years old. Wow, okay. And then around 15, they knew themselves as gay. Okay. And at around 18 to 20 years old, they have formally come out publicly or at least to family. And that's gay men. Wow. Lesbian and bisexual women or people or people who identify as women and identify as lesbian or bisexual. Mm-hmm. Around the age of 13, they think they find the same sex attractive. They're interested anything of the sort around the ages of 17 to 18 years old they know themselves as to be lesbian queer bisexual okay around the ages of 20 to 21 they formally come out to family or publicly wow so it's a much more compressed Mm -hmm. timeline right for those who identify as as women and I think that has something to do with, and we could probably talk about this today or in another episode, but I think that has a lot to do with like the gender identity as well. Because yeah. we know for a fact that at minimum, medical research was is more accurate towards straight white men than it is towards anybody else. Yeah, literally anybody So else. I wonder if that has a play with that. But that was just some kind of fun facts. And the, the number of people who were involved in the study that identified as lesbian or bisexual was about 300 lesbians and about 500 bisexuals. Okay. And bisexual is more either gender, but it yeah. was more female leaning in the study. Okay. So it was just kind of like Pew Research Center was just like, hi, if you're queer, please come and sign up. Right. And I I think that also leads into like a really interesting conversation that I'm sure we'll have at some point in time about bisexuality. Yeah. And how that isn't just, that isn't, though it has bi in the title, is not a binary thing. Yes. Because it is just an attraction to two or more gender. Yeah. Like bi in bisexual is not binary. Bi a bisexual means bi as in two. Two. Yes. Which is Which more is, than one. A lot of people have that misconception. And I think really? that that's also just like a topic that, I don't know, I might cut this out. But I think that's something that we should cover is just like bisexuality and how because yeah. so many people are so shitty to bisexual people oh, in the community. Yeah. So I mean, I heck, I used to identify as bisexual before I looked at myself in the mirror and went, no, you're not. Yeah. You yeah. know, so it's like, and, and now granted, now everybody's bisexual experience is different, just like everybody else's experience is different. But it's like, that is definitely something I'd love to talk with you about and talk with any listeners that are out there about yeah. like, because if you identify as bisexual and you face anything, like we love to know or like talk to you about it or whatever. But yeah, so I mean, let's just kind of jump right into it yes. about our coming out story. So you came out a decade ago. Over a decade ago. Uh, well, I've come out a lot of times. Let me rephrase so, that question. <laughs> the first time, the first time I came out was, God, fifteen years ago. And when did you know? Oh, I knew when I was like five or six. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I've known my whole life. I just didn't know what to make of it, and I also didn't know how to express it. Well, let's start so, with this. How do you? I don't think we've discussed this in our last episode. How do you identify? I identify as queer. Love that. I yes. identify as queer as well. Yeah, I. Part of it, um, so obviously my spouse is um, trans mask non-binary, and I feel, though I have used the, the identity of lesbian before, and like I identify with memes about lesbians mm-hmm. and like jokes about lesbians and stuff, I feel that it invalidates A, my partner, and B, my previous relationships with people who are gender non-conforming mm-hmm. or who identify as male. Yeah. So I 
prefer the term queer because I feel like it's more, it's a blanket term, but it's almost, it feels closer. Yeah, I agree. I like agree. It doesn't, it doesn't feel as broad yeah. as it is. Exactly. It feels more, and I wrote this down in another episode that we're going to discuss it, um, discuss it in, but it was like identifying as queer kind of just felt I don't know why this came to my mind when I wrote it down but I feel like it means exactly what I want it to mean like it feels more community based yes like it doesn't like the lesbians and then the gays and like Mm -hmm. there's their stereotypes and there's nothing wrong with identifying as that that's I just don't fit those stereotypes you don't fit those stereotypes so that's hard for us to willingly identify as that yes 100% yeah I agree. But um but yeah, I mean I you came out like what, fifteen years ago you yep. said? And then <laughs> I came out a little less than two. Yeah. <laughs> a little less than two. I've definitely known longer and I have went through yeah. a lot of internal discussions and conversations with friends that I felt safe with and just kind of like figuring it out because like I had to figure it out by myself like right my family weren't my family isn't homophobic but they definitely weren't keen to me coming to them being like hi mom I'm 16 and I think I like girls is it kind of one of those situations where like if it's anybody else it's fine but if it's your kid, it's not. It's not that it wasn't fine. It's mm-hmm. just not their ideal image of what their family would look like. Right. So while there is issues that they have or have had, inevitably it's just like, if they beat you up, I'm going to beat them up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I get that. But I mean, just kind of like my, like I first knew that I liked girls probably since late elementary school early middle school right because around that time at least for like my generation that was when now we didn't really have social media per se but that was when like you became more social and we had like the sex talks in schools and like hey by the way like people identify differently like now granted we didn't have the non-binary conversation but it was like it was sprinkled in there of like Men can like men and women can like men. Women. Boom, done. That was it. And right. I was like, oh, yeah. wait, what? Yeah. That ha- that's a thing? It just makes it binary as well. Exactly. Which is crazy. Which does make it binary, which I hope public schools are a little bit better about it, but mm. probably not. We can, we can ask Emily later <laughs> and see what she's doing. But, um... But like I kind of like I mentioned earlier, like I had previously identified as bisexual. I um I came out as bisexual to some people that I felt safe with later in high school. Okay. So I think around like middle school, early high school, freshman, sophomore year, I was still kind of like, oh, you know, I like girls are pretty. And like yeah. I would hold their hand and like, oh, I would kiss a girl. Yeah. But I don't know if I could date one. Like I was that person. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, nah, I would date a girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> About, that, that, that switch flips real fast. Oh, so fast. And I was just like, but what, <laughs> what, really, what really took my breath away was I went to, I didn't go to a magnet school. I was in public school, but I went to like a magnet program thing mm-hmm. where I studied science. And there was this one girl in my science class. Um, we'll call her Tanya. Okay. And Tanya was definitely mask presenting. She mm-hmm. was funny she was quirky she was very more like country and i was very more city she wasn't openly a lesbian okay but her and i were safe with each other so we came out to each other and we kind of like had our little thing and like in the moment struggling with my internal dilemma of like oh my god if i date tanya like i have to tell my mom what is my mom gonna say i can't date tanya and so tanya and i would just make out every once in a while and then i would be like don't talk to me 
And so I was so toxic because I had such an internal homophobia that Mm -hmm. I was dealing with around that time. But we all do, though. Yeah, we all go through that. That is an experience that is it is unique in Mm -hmm. how it presents itself, but it is not unique in that we all experience it to some extent. Yeah. And I mean, like knowing who I am now and knowing who Tanya is now, like if we were on talking terms, I I owe her an apology for how I treated her in high school. There's nobody deserves to be treated that way. (laughs) But we never really officially dated but we did have this weird like on and off flirting thing like I said we would make out every once in a while we would cuddle and it was cute and that was when I was just like oh my god women oh my god women yeah my heart flutter I was just like oh my god she's so pretty (laughs) it was so insane and it was intense but I knew that I was like more than just bisexual Mm -hmm. later in college okay and I was kind of still fighting that internalized homophobia because I was dating a homophobic woof yes i know are we all just fighting our internalized homophobia forever and always welcome to the fucking patriarchy of 2023 but yeah i mean later in college i was dating somebody who was not the best we'll we'll call him jerry oh jerry oh jerry he was he was something special but jerry like loved me in the beginning and i was like oh my god jerry i love you too and like we i was like okay we can make this work and then he was like well i don't like the fact that you dress like a hipster and i was like okay what what yeah, I know. Excuse me? Yeah, I know. It was the difference between wearing a pantsuit and a dress to an event. And he goes, women wear dresses. And I was like, that should have been my first oh, red flag. Oh, hell no. That should have been my first red flag. Yes. But that is that is an internal thing that my therapist and I are talking yes. about. Yes. But after Jerry and I's long, convoluted, dumb relationship, once COVID ended, I was just like, screw this. Yeah. Screw men. I've had nothing but bad male relationships now, granted, I don't believe in a they are all toxic standpoint, sure. but the ones that I have experienced really guided my opinion of men. Yeah. And so then I started I started on social media and I was talking with women and men at the same time because I was like, OK, well, maybe I'll just dabble. Mm-hmm. And then after a while, I was like, fuck men. I want yeah. I'm, I'm full force. Yeah. Dipping now. that toe into that pool turns into diving in headfirst real fucking Oh, quick. so fast. It, almost overnight. Yeah. Almost overnight. And then. Incredible. One during COVID or during lockdown, I guess I should say, because COVID's ongoing. During lockdown, I really looked at myself and I was just like, I don't identify as a lesbian because I do still find men attractive. Oh, I do too. And that's when I kind of like did some of my own research digging what is every letter of the alphabet mafia mean and why (laughs) and like all that stuff. And that's when I stumbled upon queer and I was like, I think that's what I am. Yeah. And I'm and it feels safe saying it feels comforting, I guess I should say, saying like, I am a queer. I am queer. Yeah. This is who I am. And it feels so all encompassing, like you said earlier, and very I mean, I can't I can't find a better way to describe it. For me, it feels just validating. Yeah. Just it feels validating because it is an umbrella without being an umbrella. Yeah. Feels like a hug. Oh, it does feel like a hug. (laughs) I'm queer hug. Yeah. Oh, I love that so little much. Little queer hug. That was perfect. <clears throat> but like because. That's going to be our first merch. It's just going to be a shirt that says queer hug. Queer <laughs> hug. Stop it. I'm so excited. I will wear that every day. <laughs> oh, same. I want it on a sweatshirt. Amazing. It's going to be my bedtime Is sweatshirt. Is that what we're making when we take a break after this episode? Um, Maybe. Say less. Maybe. Say less. <laughs> my, my friend messaged me. My, my straight friend. I was a bridesmaid in her wedding. And she listened to our first 15 minute intro episode. Yeah. And she just goes, okay, but where can I buy merch? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I Incredible. was like, I was like, ma'am. First off, thank you. Second off, uh, can I get a follower first? <laughs> yeah, right. 
Can I get a follow? Can I get a follow, please? Oh, it's just like follow, like, subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> but I hit mean, the bell icon. Yeah, hit the bell icon so that you get notified every time we post. I kind of wanted that to lead into what I was, what you had mentioned earlier about Karamo, but it was just like it, it kind of like the theme of my coming out story is that I wasn't coming out. Mm-hmm. I was identifying myself, and I was trying to figure out who I am and what I want in life and where I'm going. Yeah. And as I was ready to share that with people, I was letting people in. Yes. You know, like Karamo said it best in an interview that I saw online. Um, I can post it on our Instagram. Yeah. And he actually, I think the first time that he addressed it was on an episode of Queer Eye. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. I might have missed that episode. But yeah. So it's like, I, I think you know the video that I'm talking about. I saw mm-hmm. where he was like in an interview. Yeah. I believe um, he's talked about it quite a bit. Multiple since, times. Yeah. But it was just kind of like when you consider it as a coming out, you are letting the other person have that power of dictating when your doors open, yep. how that conversation is going, and whether you are safe or not to have You're it. letting them control the narrative. Exactly. But when you consider it as letting somebody in, you know who you are. This is your safe space. Your closet may be two feet by two feet. It mm-hmm. also may be an entire mansion. Yeah. It depends on how you are feeling and who is available for your safe space. Yes. And if they let you feel, and if you don't feel safe with them, you you're not let letting them, them in. into your life, into exactly. that knowledge of you. Yeah. And once I kind of like had that mindset, it was so much easier for me to be like, um, I'm letting, I'm letting my family in now. You know, yeah. it wasn't until Emily and I have been dating for a little over a year and a half. And it wasn't until... We had talked for about five, four or five months mm-hmm. that I kind of went to my parents and I was like, random boost of confidence right now, but I'm letting you in on my life. I'm talking to somebody new and her name is Emily. Boom, done. That was that was it. Yeah. I didn't say mom and dad, I'm coming out of the closet. I didn't say, hey, yeah. I'm gay. But if that's the conversation that you want to have, that is okay. The whole concept of letting people in is that you are doing this on your own terms yeah. and allowing people into your life on your terms. Right. It is not how they want to be come out to. You are making those decisions and effectively you are creating this narrative for yourself versus mm-hmm. allowing anyone else to control it. And I think that's huge and it's so empowering to have that and to have the control and the ability to say, hey, I'm making this decision. Mm -hmm. I'm the one who's going to decide what is happening here. Right. You are somebody that I want in my life. Yep. So I'm letting you in to what my life is. And it happens Mm -hmm. to be that I'm queer. And some people like coming out, like the stereotypical event of it may not take that well. Yeah. Yeah. And you have, that's the whole point of letting somebody in is that you tried and if it didn't go well, that's also okay. Yeah, absolutely. And it's your choice. Yeah. If you, if you still feel comfortable with coming out and that's what you want to do and you want it to be, you know, something where that narrative is just kind of what society has said it to be, that's okay. Mm -hmm. But if you are on the other side and you want to have control over that situation and you want to kind of direct and narrate who is able to know who you truly are, then that's awesome too. Yeah. So tell us about your coming out story 15 years ago. Jesus. <laughs> so I I knew when I was a kid. Um, I had crushes on all my mom's friends. Hot. Which I was just like, <laughs> oh, well, because it, it was that that question when I was little. I was like, do I want to be this person or do I want to be married to this person? Because, you know, like when you're little, it's like it's either marriage or nothing. Yeah. Because you think you're like, like adults, just you're an adult, you're married, done. 
Um, right. And I, re- I remember a really like pivotal moment and kind of a moment where I sort of closeted myself was after now, please note before I tell this story, I absolutely think J.K. Rowling is trash and she is a turf and I do not support the Harry Potter franchise um, at this point in time. However, I did see the um, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone in theaters when it was released. Uh, it was for my eighth birthday. And I remember that my mom went out and they had these like special editions of, I think it might have been like Entertainment Weekly or something, mm-hmm. uh, where they had the cast on them. And my mom was like, well, which one do you want? Do you want the one with uh, Daniel Radcliffe? Do you want the one with Rupert Grint? Or do you want the one with Emma Watson? And I wanted the one with Emma Watson so badly because oh my god emma watson uh yes uh, oh my god emma watson <laughs> but i told my mom i wanted the one with daniel radcliffe <gasps> stop and so i got the one with daniel radcliffe and i told everyone that i had a crush on him and that was not true i had a huge fucking crush on emma watson but the thing is i didn't have to do that uh i come from a really accepting family my dad is a hairdresser and though his profession has nothing to do with it, he has, through that profession, been able to expose me since I was a kid to queer people, Mm -hmm. to trans people, Mm -hmm. to literally every different walk of life. So I knew from when I was a kid, like, it's okay to be gay. Like, it's completely fine. You can live a fulfilled, happy life and be gay. And so I don't know why I closeted myself. I don't know why I did. But there's still Um, that, like, fear of, like, okay, well – Uh, It's okay for other people, but maybe not me. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And so there was that like innate fear inside that I was just like, I cannot tell anyone. And then when I was 15, uh, we had a bunch of exchange students come to the high school where I lived. um, And I had a huge crush on one of them. And one day I was like, you know what? I've got the courage. I'm going to tell her I like her. And then that kind of turned into a little thing it was kind of weird because she had a boyfriend and we literally told no one about each other uh if you're listening you know who you are oh my god i'm not even gonna make up a name for you and so those were like my first experiences with a woman and it was crazy because like both of us had boyfriends Mm -hmm. while we were like a thing Mm -hmm. and it was kind of understood that those boyfriends were like our beards yeah you i feel like everybody has like that cover yeah And so, you know, we were together. It was amazing. It was wonderful. And then I was like, I can't do this. She left. She went back home to her home country. Uh, I'm not going to say that country because it'll narrow it down a little too much for anyone who knows me. But she went back and I was like, you know, I can't do this. Um, Mm -hmm. And I started dating a boy. I mean, long distance is hard. It wasn't even about the distance. I just wasn't comfortable being myself. Oh, okay. Um, Then I, you know, went off to university and... I was kind of on my own for Mm -hmm. the first time and I met someone at school and I started seeing them and I was lying to my parents about it. And this is when I was about 17. Uh, No, I had just turned 18. So I just turned 18 and I was lying to my parents about it and I told them we were just friends and then my mom found my Tumblr. (gasps) Stop. Do not know. Mom. No. Mom. She still won't tell me how. She still will not tell me how. This woman, she tells me, I was like, how the fuck did you find it, mom? And she's like, well, I just sat down on my computer and I like manifested it. And I'm like, bitch, you are the only person in the world who has that kind of power of manifestation and uses it to find your child's fucking blog. Eyes, mom, can you please tell me how you found their Tumblr, please? Eileen, come on. Uh, I'm so, here for this family <clears throat> tea, though. <laughs> yeah. So she found my Tumblr and she literally calls me one day and she goes, Ayana, mm. are you a lesbian? 
oh oh my god yeah yeah the way that my heart dropped when i just heard that because Uh i was just like that took me back to 13 year old me when my mom found a photo of two girls kissing on my laptop and she was like is there something you need to tell me stop oh my god my heart yeah yeah i need to calm my heart down yeah my stomach dropped and I was like, what do you mean? What are you talking about? And she's like, I found your Tumblr. And I was like, then I was like, oh, because of course, you know, 18 year old me reblogging all of the smut in the world. Lesbian smut, to be specific. Yes. yes. But she was like, you know, it's it's okay if you are, but just be honest. Yeah. And I was like, well, yeah. And she was like, okay. Cool. Great. What's for dinner? And so I was just like, wow, Okay cool that ended up being a very toxic terrible relationship that i was in it was really shitty because it was like my first open relationship mm-hmm. and they were like very emotionally and physically abusive and it was awful but it I, I am grateful for it because it gave me the opportunity to be myself yeah um you really learn who you are in those situations oh god yeah oh god yeah now that does not give you permission to seek out toxicity to Fact. find yourself. You can Fact. find yourself in healthy ways. Thank you. Do not misconstrue you my words. You also don't need a person to find yourself. Agreed. You can find yourself on your own. You could also, never mind. I was going to say you could also find yourself in therapy, but. Fact. Okay. Here's the thing. I think everyone should be in therapy. So Agreed. if you're not in therapy, get in therapy because even if you think that you don't have trauma, you have trauma. And also it just fucking therapy is amazing. And Shout out to my therapist. I love dude, her. Dude, I freaking, the way that my therapist and I have like low-key become best friends. Dude, I feel like it's funny. Sometimes I go to therapy and I feel like I'm giving my therapist my like tight 10, like mm-hmm. just doing like a little comedy skit for her because she just cracks up laughing at all this stuff because I talk I talk about my trauma and jokes. Dude, same. Like I literally the other day I was talking about, hi, Israel. I'm very sorry you're about to hear this, but I was talking about my brother and I'm like, you know, just sometimes I feel like he gets to be out there and he's just like being cookie boy and the therapist... <laughs> She just cracks up laughing and she's like, oh my God, Cookie Boy. So, Would you uh, like to give some context to Cookie Boy? Uh, No. Okay. No. I'll tell you offline. No free ads. <laughs> so is Cookie Boy. Um, I love that. Oh no, he can get a free ad. Uh, my brother and sister-in-law own a spectacular cookie company called fat ash bakes based out of orlando florida but yes he is cookie boy boy. that's so funny my therapist there was my therapist has gotten to the point where she's just like you're saying something funny to not talk about this topic so maybe you should not say something funny and you should let your emotions out and then 30 seconds later i'm crying and i'm like my therapist really knows when to make me not it's rude yeah it's kind of rude it hurts sometimes because i'm just like just let me say my funny joke yeah same. I just want to tell my jokes. I want to tell my jokes in peace. That's Thank so you very funny. much. What are we talking um, about? So post that relationship, I kind of dated around. I was sort of a perennial relationship hopper. I was always in some sort of relationship. Mm-hmm. I was never just like single by myself, like yeah. taking time for myself. After school, moved back to um, – I moved to where my parents were living at the time. And they were in kind of a rural area that I felt was not super accepting. And that could have just been sort of internalized because I feel like there are a lot of queer people that live there. But it it just didn't feel like I had a community. Yeah. And so I started dating guys again. Oof. I had – So before that, I had what my friend Sarah and I call my lost summer. That was when I just basically fucked everything that moved. Um, Oh, I I called that my slutty era. Yeah, that was my lost summer because it just, (laughs) yeah, uh, I, 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 it, it was bad. Um, But I, 
you know, really explored myself, really explored my sexuality, really explored my my needs physically and emotionally. And I, I'm not kidding when I say I just like fucked everything that moved. Um, if it had a heartbeat, it was in your bed. But yeah, pretty much. Didn't gender did not matter. Uh, political affiliation did not matter. I'm very ashamed of that. Oh, that was me too during my slutty era. I was just like, let's just not, maybe like don't wear the cowboy hat to bed. <laughs> Can we take down the American flag while yeah. we have sex, please? I was like, maybe maybe put away the uh, Saturdays are for the boys flag. Ugh, <laughs> gross. Maybe maybe just like, how about, how about I put on a blindfold? Yeah. And I don't better. see anything. Better. And you even just better. Like, don't talk. Paper bag me. Paper yes, bag me, bitch. <laughs> So yeah, so last summer happened. Then I started dating boys. Another oof for that. Yeah, it was really, really gross. And I was in a long-term relationship with a dude. We were together for about three years. He was great. He's a good guy. You know, he was nice. Now, are these queer men or are these no, straight? this is a straight man. That's that's where our ews are coming from. I kind of wanted to clarify that. Yeah, like, straight men. Men, men in, the, in and of themselves, like the gender isn't always icky yucky, but like straight white men who don't Cis get it straight white men icky yucky yes whereas like a, a queer mask person like i'm i'm about it i went on a few dates with a guy well i don't know what name to um somebody he knows who he is <laughs> i don't think he's listening to this but while we went on like two dates while we were dating or while we went on the second date he was like yeah i was thinking about coming out as non-binary mm-hmm. so i don't know if that ever actually like it became that a decision came to fruition yeah i don't know if that came to fruition but like he was cool we just yeah. didn't like vibe romantically, which right. is fine. Yeah. So it's like they they they're cool, you know. But um, cis straight white men, I think, need a lot of uh work. Yes, they do. And it was it was weird because at that point I was identifying as bisexual, mm-hmm. and it was gross because I felt like I was a bit tokenized. Um, I hate it, that. Yeah, it turned into something. I will talk about this in another episode, but it it turned into a really shitty situation where when I finally like came out again. I had a lot of people that wouldn't be friends with me anymore. Um, wow. One specifically, he said, because of religious reasons. Like, I wasn't invited to someone I'd known for seven years' wedding because I'm queer. Christ. But he was fine when I was out as bisexual. Oh, when it was convenient for yes. him. Yes. I when it was when that. it was something he could fetishize. What? Yeah. I was like, when it's attractive. Yep. That's so ridiculous. I hate that. I will talk about that at another time. But yeah, so after I uh, broke up with him kind of again went off the deep end a little bit i was just like running around hooking up with people and then i just like jumped into a marriage with a woman which Mm. was a terrible idea we were not together very long so you you u-hauled oh mm. so when you look up u-haul in the dictionary is there your face it's me i love that it is a picture of my face on the side of a moving truck that is so Uh, wait can i actually have that for when i move in with emily yes can i put your face on the side of my u-haul i'm gonna make a giant printout of my head just be like bitches is you hauling <laughs> yeah right so you hauled the fuck out of that and it was again another very like emotionally abusive relationship shout out to people who take advantage of empaths for because they're manipulative and gross yay i roll you know honestly she probably is listening to this because i found out that she like stalks me ew yeah so why if you're this out there so... if you're How out there was this? how many years ago was this that was in 2017 move on i know move on i I have no granted i'm i'm kind of like an out of sight out of mind person if i dated you and we did not end well you're blocked exactly i have her blocked too that's the thing she 
And I found out from a completely like outside third party that she still looks me up and stuff. Go to therapy. Move on. Mm -hmm. Maybe um, hide in a hole until you get your shit figured out because... Facts. Hard facts. uh, I just don't get that. Like my... Now granted my ex who was toxic doesn't have social media because social media they're tracking you it's so weird even though he has an iphone and works in it mm, whatever yeah my guy i feel like you have bigger fish to fry <laughs> that's what i thought i was just like do you have a social security number they're tracking you yeah exactly. congratulations for being born in the usa <laughs> but like i have his family blocked because i'm like i can't even look at these people without going into a depression because yes. he makes me so angry yep. like move on that person needs to move on and leave you alone that's she ridiculous does. she does Mm-mm. so if you're out there go away <laughs> yeah be gone please so anyway yes i jumped into that relationship that marriage lasted a grand total of mm, six months before we separated oh yeah legally it was or just emotionally uh no like i moved out and we like officially separated like legally wow. separated we were so we were technically legally married for a year and two months but because like divorce takes because divorce takes time i mean yeah. like you have to wait at least six months of being separated before you can even like file that's so stupid and you have to be able to like document that you were living separately yeah it's absurd but we divorced after six months we separated mm-hmm. and then legally divorced after six months it was the worst uh i jumped into another really shitty relationship very emotionally abusive as well i have had a history of that i'm so sorry honestly it sucks but at the same time i'm grateful for all of the learning i've been able to do and also becoming myself through all of the experiences that i've had because like yeah it fucking blows yeah to go through that but at the same time i don't think that i would be the person that's sitting here right now being able to talk about these things had i not gone through them yeah and gone to therapy yes therapy thank you again back to what i said earlier this is not permission to get in a toxic relationship and fuck your life up and fuck around and mess around with people like if i had gone to therapy more see if i had gone to therapy and not just processed the trauma of the abuse that i suffered as a kid but also had processed the trauma of like the relationships i was in probably would be better off but also wouldn't be here recording this right now wouldn't have married the love of my life Mm -hmm. like I think you and I are strong believers in everything happens for a reason. 100%. You know, I don't think that I would have gone headfirst into my relationship with Emily knowing that I'm so excited to be with her and live with her if I hadn't gone through the two years of personal turmoil and depression and anxiety that I had with my ex. What did I call him? Jerry? Jerry. Jerry. That's a shitty name for him. It is. It's the perfect name to describe who he is. He's such a Jerry. Ew. Gross. What is Jerry from? Rick and Morty? I don't know. Isn't that the... Did you ever watch Rick and Morty? No. Okay, for those of you who know, I know Rick Pic- and Morty... I know Pickle Rick, and that's, like, literally the only Iconic. thing I know. Iconic. So the that's reason... because I love pickles. So the reason that he's Pickle Rick is because he turned himself into a pickle to not be able to go to family therapy, and then he couldn't get himself out of being a pickle. So he was a pickle in family therapy. They, like, came back, picked him up as a pickle, and they brought him to family therapy. That's iconic. Yes. But Jerry is like the idiot dad of Morty who's like, ha, 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 this was fun. Blow up. Oh, is he the tall version of Morty? Is he like the really tall one who looks exactly the same, but is just tall? I think so. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. But like the guy in the lab coat with the hair, that's that's Rick. Rick. Yes. That I know. I know that much. Yeah. Okay. Well, we were talking about you hauling and how like therapy helped you figure out who you are. Yes. So now I was, I was single for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's funny because Andy and I actually met at the very beginning of the pandemic. 
So wow, we have had a pandemic relationship, pandemic marriage, hashtag COVID wedding, COVID wedding. Um, <laughs> it took me a, it took me that time being single though, and not being in a relationship. Like yeah, I was dating and fucking, but I was not like actually being in a relationship with anyone. Mm-hmm. And it took me that time and that time in therapy as well. That was super important to be able to get to where I am now, and yeah. I'm I'm proud of where I am now. I'm really proud of it, and I'm still figuring myself out day to day, but. Yeah. I don't think I would have been ready for the relationship that I'm in. I wouldn't have been ready for someone to love me the way that Andy has loved me and continues to love me every day. Mm-hmm. I would not have been able to love them the way that I love them yeah. without all the things that I've been through. But also sponsored by therapy, go to therapy. Please. Because <laughs> I don't, I also, you know, like we've had points in our relationship as well where we've been in couples therapy. Mm-hmm. I want to do couples therapy with Emily. I want to do that. Everyone should. There shouldn't have to be a problem to go to couples therapy. And I believe that fervently because we all come from different backgrounds. We're all Mm -hmm. raised differently. We all are – we all have different perspectives on life just based on nurture. Yeah. Right? So forget the nature aspect of it. But just based on nurture, we – based on geographical location, based on, you know – family religious beliefs we mm-hmm. all are raised so differently that we yeah. come at things differently yeah and that has helped andy and i to just understand each other mm-hmm. because if we we approach things completely differently just because we were raised differently like in my house we talk about poop and we talk about sex all the fucking time oh all the time like i was talking to my <laughs> we went to visit my parents for new year's and we were sitting at the dining room table and i don't know why we started talking about my parents sex life like Oh my fucking God. My parents do the same thing. And so, but my mom's like, yeah, but like I'm old now and my coochie doesn't work. And I was like, okay, mom, Uh, then I need you to get some toys to make your coochie work. And also pop, here's some links for some things you can get for dudes. He had never heard of a fleshlight. And so I was sitting there at the table showing my parents what a fucking fleshlight was. And they were like, what? Why is it called a flashlight? And I'm like, because the outside packaging looks like a flashlight when it's closed. But it's fleshy but then you open on the it inside. Up and it's a pussy. And my dad was like, oh my God. It's like a pocket pussy. They make them. And I was like, yeah, dude. We love pocket pussies. Pocket pussies are iconic. Just make sure you clean them out. Yes. Please, Please. clean. Please. Please clean all your toys. I don't Please. This is a reminder my lube for you to clean, clean your, your toys. toys. If you used it today, if you used it anytime in the last 72 hours, clean, clean it. it. Actually, if you haven't used it for a while, also clean it. Also clean dust. it. It will collect dust. Yes. I got to Like, is, especially the silicone. Yeah. Collects dust like a bitch. Well, so I hadn't mind. I have like a little bag mm-hmm. that I keep all my stuff in because yeah. it's easy to carry back and forth between with Emily and I. And bring your backpack. My little, my little bag. <laughs> it's hot pink too. And I love it. Amazing. I every, t- it. every time I text Emily, I was like, I'm bringing the bag. <laughs> she's just like okay but yeah. um no so dude, I'm, i was taking pictures i so i got a new imac and i was taking pictures in photo booth and i was like reliving my youth stop it when i got my new ipad i was doing the exact same thing stop. Ah! We, need to take, we need to take some photo booth photos today. yes please this is going to be mm-hmm. that's going to be the photo of this episode yes yes i love this absolutely but um i have a little strap bag and i when i was i hadn't used it in a while because you know my medicine doesn't always help my sex drive girl relatable <laughs> mm, don't even get me started and i had used it for the first time in a while and i was like hmm this is this isn't s- soothing my coochie the way that it usually does yeah and then i found out that it had a bunch of like dirt and dust on it <laughs> and so i showered like five times and i ended your up being fine poor coochie but it but like my poor coochie like it, clean your shit please girl this has sure, gone sure. in so many different directions but i love it i love this but back to family therapy yes Family, 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 couples therapy, couples therapy. There we go. Yeah. I am in family therapy. 
Yes. I'm in individual therapy and Andy's also in individual therapy. And mm-hmm. oh my God. Highly recommend. Yes. But I love couples my therapy. So I mean, Emily and I want to do couples therapy before we get married just to kind of be like, okay, well, we did really well long distance. Now we're about to take a major step. Yeah. What do we like? not like unbiased third-party person am i crazy are they crazy what's well, yeah, happening and also like moving in together that's so huge i mean it's intense well do you have different cleaning styles is one of you messy but or is one of you untidy but clean is the other one me- like dirty but tidy yeah. like those types of things like i am very untidy mm-hmm. i'm super untidy but i'm very clean yeah i don't like dust and dirt but it takes three to five business days for me to put laundry away my laundry you saw our dining room table is literally covered in laundry and 98 percent of that is mine because i refuse to put it away i love it. i will just go down there and dig through the baskets on the dining room table to find what I'm going to wear. But see, Emily loves doing laundry. Like she loves folding and putting away and like clean and stuff. So it's like if I leave it out, she'll just do it. I could have that with Andy. But my problem is that I'm super particular about how my things are folded. Gotcha. And super particular about where things are put. That makes sense. So I have to do it myself. So I'm really shooting myself in the foot here. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's fine. Ultimately, anyway, uh, I have come out a lot of times in my life. I have come out and recloseted myself. I have let people in. I have come out to people. I have run the gamut yeah. of the things that you can do as a queer person. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, like, you sort of have to. Yeah. I mean. You have to go through those experiences. Even if you come out when you're a kid, mm-hmm. like, you're going to be meeting new people. I had this conversation with my mom when I went to go visit her at Thanksgiving. We always, forever, are coming out. Because yep. since being cis is standard. Society is heteronormative, yeah. Exactly. We are forever coming out. Until yep. that norm changes, if it ever does, hopefully it does. I mean, I'm actively trying to change that norm. Yeah. But it's like, until that happens, as queers, as gays, as non-binaries, we are forever coming out. Yeah. Because we are constantly meeting new people that we have to go oh hey by the way mm-hmm. you know and there's and, this- it, and it sometimes happens organically I yeah. mean I for my job I manage a team of six and we've had a couple of new team members come on recently and I was on a work retreat and I shared an uber mm-hmm. with one of the new members of my team mm-hmm. and he goes oh so what is your husband doing and I was like oh well actually uh my spouse is non-binary but they're at home this weekend like with our with our pups and my mom was yeah. here as well and so here i am 29 years old still coming out coming out yeah and still saying like hey i don't fit into your cis het mm-hmm. little box that society has primed you to think is normal yeah like i for i mean perfect conversation of work like i thankfully am in an office full of younger people so when i started dating emily publicly it wasn't – they saw the transition after my relationship with Jerry ended. Yeah. They saw the transition of me being like cishet, basic white southern girl to this more tomboy punk lesbian f- queer person. And mm-hmm. now granted, the more tomboy punk is who I've always been. Yeah, but you but, didn't feel comfortable expressing that. Exactly, because Jerry was a dick. Mm-hmm. And Because Jerry said you had to wear dresses. Ugh, what an asshole. <laughs> Eh, fuck dresses too like don't get me wrong i love a good dress but i love a good dress but i hate 
the sh- the like thigh chafing. Yes, I yeah. dude, I put like deodorant or like anti chafe mm-hmm. in between my thighs, and they rub together all the time. Oh, I wear. I have to wear shorts I underneath have them. To wear shorts under every fucking dress. I Genius. wear shorts Genius. every time. When I came out publicly, my manager, my director, who was my manager at the time, pulled me in the office, and just because like we have monthly meetings, like I'm trying to get promoted. I love my job. I love talking to people, so I I meet with everybody once a month, mm-hmm. and it was our monthly meeting, and he goes. So tell me about this person that you're dating. Like, how do yeah. they identify? What What do they want you to call them? Because I, I call Emily my partner mm-hmm. because if I say my girlfriend, yeah. sometimes people are like, no. Yeah. You know, where yeah. it's like if I say my partner, there's still that. And this is like me being like that internalized homophobia. There's still that like little question. You know, mm-hmm. it's less harsh. Yeah. And um, an easier pill to swallow for society, which sucks, but whatever. Mm-hmm. And once I told them, my director, I told them, I was like, Emily is female. She's my girlfriend. I call her partner just because it's more, it's, cal- it's, it's a it's calmer more use. palatable to yeah. most people, which That's is unfortunate that we of. have to tailor ourselves to be palatable. Yeah, but it's like she, like her photos on my desk and everything and everybody was, no, like I never, I had to come out as a dairy-free vegetarian before I came out as a queer. <laughs> My, they ordered pizza for the office and they were like, Liv, why aren't you eating pizza? And I was like, well, I, I can't. I, I can't. I'm allergic to dairy. Do you and want I me in the bathroom all day? And I don't eat meat anymore. And they're like, you don't eat meat? Yep. And, and they're like, like, are that, you a vegan? Have you ever seen my big fat Greek wedding? Yes. What you the, mean you eat no meat? meat? It's okay. I make, I make lamb. I make lamb. <laughs> I love, dude, that is one quote in my family's house that we Yo, we same. wake up in the morning and we go, "Who's making lamb?" Like yeah. we're just straight all the time. Oh my god! And when incredible. I came, like they were low key. That's what my, my mom and I. So we call biopsies babopsies because Bobops? of that movie. When she's that. like, I had the the be up the babop the babopsy. The say, oh my god, can we please watch my big fat Greek wedding yes. one day? Oh, yes, yes, I love absolutely. This. But yeah, like we're forever coming out, and now like, mm-hmm. and thankfully, I assume that your coworker took the news. Oh yeah, well. absolutely. He was like, oh sorry, yeah, and we just continued on with the conversation. Yeah, like people don't care, but there's somebody at work who like yep. we have a frenemy relationship, and he, him and I don't see eye to eye politically. Mm. And while granted, he hasn't come up to me and gone, how dare you? But, you know, it's on the list of things we don't discuss right. to keep, to the, keep peace the peace at work. Yeah. But my managers and my team and like er- nobody gives a crap. Yeah. It's so it's pretty wild. Yeah, it's pretty insane. But I mean, like like we were saying earlier, you're forever coming out. And mm-hmm. I was explaining this to my mom, like I said, when I was visiting her. And she was just like, this is so funny. She was like, queer is so harsh why would you want why do you call yourself queer yo the generational divide on the word queer is insane i didn't know what she was talking about yeah because i was like because i mean i'm 25 i'm gonna be Mm -hmm. 26 in a few months for any other 25 year old listening like queer has always been or at least since i've been a part of the community has always been an identifier yeah. It has never been a slur. Mm-hmm. She had to explain that to me. Now, again, yeah. I'm a baby gay, so I don't know everything. So when I first came out, it was it was teetering. It was still a lot of people considered it a slur. Was and it, it kind was of just like... Being, it was just being added to the acronym of the community as well. The Alphabet Mafia. Uh, yo, that's, that's all your age group, man. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and so my mom was like, well, it's just, it's so negative. And so... Yeah. Now, granted, me keeping the peace with the family and, and, and everything, she goes, can I just call you – she was like, can I call you gender fluid? I was like, well, uh, no, because I, I'm not. Right. I am – I know who I am gender-wise. Right. 
but and so i because i kind of explained what pansexual was to her mm-hmm. and she was just like oh so is that you and i was like well no. sure if you're not gonna call me queer call me pan she goes what if i just call you fluid and i was like like gender fluid and she was like well no not gender fluid because you just told me that's not who you are yeah and she was just like well what if i just call you fluid because you love everybody i was like sure mom right i was like I am just happy I'm that you're acknowledging sure my, my sexuality. Has also called me fluid at some point in time, or my dad. I, I don't just know, every time I hear fluid, I think of like Drano. <laughs> Does anybody else think of Drano when they hear fluid? Like like port, like the slime. Like I don't know. Maybe that's just my stupid. Brain. No, but that's incredible. And now I will only picture Drano when I any whenever anyone says fluid. It's hilarious. It is. I fuck think- now all i can think of is fucking drino and like <laughs> and like a hairball in the drain that's yes. like not allowing the tub to drain that's the cis het conforming yes heteronormativity is a hairball in the drain yes and then drano is your fluidity boom we solved boom. it we've solved society i want to write fuck a book y'all. Now. <laughs> society must change now <laughs> but yeah and, it, and it's kind of funny because like my mom and i wouldn't be able to have that conversation if we weren't in family therapy speaking bringing us back to therapy because yeah. therapy is we're always going to come back to therapy yeah i hope i hope you all know that by now every episode therapy we will probably make an ad for therapy therapy <laughs> um but like just like you and andy were in couples therapy you know trying to like work through your trying to do whatever you were doing in couples therapy yep. i was having i dated emily for a year openly before and i had such an estranged relationship with my family now granted i've always been kind of like the black sheep of my family i was more of the hipster i shaved my head at one point i i'm covered in tattoos i'm about to get my sleeve done like yeah it's just one of those things where it's like this is just who i am and my right. family is very traditional southern south white catholic and they were now granted we're not too religious anymore and never really were but like there was still that mm, we love leaning which we will talk about again in another episode. But um, I kind of like looked at my mom and I was like, mom, we need therapy. I was like, we need to talk about this. Like we need to talk Talks about to that. you though for being able to take that step. Well, so the thing is, is like she had made a comment about my relationship with Emily. And I was like, and, and it wasn't negative. It was just not what I wanted. Mm-hmm. And I got so angry i was like why isn't she supportive she's being a bitch she's so homophobic she's being a bigot this sucks i want nothing to do with her Mm -hmm. and i said this to my sister who i was living with at the time and she goes no you don't this is your mother you do love her you bend over backwards for her birthday every single year you don't do that for somebody you hate talk to her and i was like no and she goes fucking talk to her so i texted my mom and i was like we need therapy mommy like i miss you i love you like this sucks right and so her and my dad um and i set up a long because they they live in kansas and i'm in virginia with you obviously and they set up a long distance therapy session like they were able to figure it out with insurance and like i'm very thankful and blessed that my parents have really really good insurance to cover it and we have been in therapy we go twice a month and we've been in therapy for about six months now and it is not only blossomed my relationship with my parents because i can now have these conversations about my identity come out formally to my parents explain to them where this thought process came from that they didn't see apparently because to the reason they didn't take to me coming out so well as well as i would hoped Mm -hmm. was because they went la da 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 boy 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 girls and they were just like what the frick (laughs) 
And that's and that's what my mom said. She was like, it literally looked like you were running into a brick wall and then somehow you came out the other side totally different. And I don't right. know where that what happened to that brick wall. And I was like, well, in all reality, mom, the brick walls were everywhere. They were mm-hmm. all over the place. You just didn't see them. And you didn't make them. I made them. My brick walls was my closet. Yeah. You know, and so we had these conversations and we opened up and we cried so much. And we literally just like looked at each other and we did the homework and we were like, we are doing this because we love each other. Yeah. And now my parents love Emily. They're still getting to know her because yeah. while I'm also in a long distance relationship with her, I'm in a long distance relationship with my parents. Right. And so they've only met her through FaceTime and they love talking to her. They got her something for Christmas. And it's just like they are very excited to get to be a part of this life that I am now in. Now that I am healthy. Now that I'm in a healthy relationship. Now that my mindset is different. And I can still turn to my mom like... And just be like, Mom, that wasn't that was not a funny joke. Maybe yeah. you should maybe you should say something not that rather than being like <laughs> say something not that. Yeah, anything anything other than that one joke. Please never say that joke again. Yeah. And it, she won't take offense. Right. And she can say something like like in our Africa trip, Emily and I took photos together mm-hmm. when we did the meet and greet with the elephants. And she was like, Not that I don't love Emily. Do you have any photos without her in them? And I was like, honestly no right because i forgot and so now emily and i are working on photoshopping each other out of photos so that we can send them to our parents because and it and it's just like if i was in my previous relationship if i mm-hmm. was still mentally not safe i would have taken so much offense to that being like why yeah. why do you hate my person yeah. you know and it's just and it's like, not that your mom just wants a picture of you with an elephant exactly right exactly and so it's like not only did i have some internal growth about like my sexuality and how it's okay to accept that your parents aren't 100 percent on board yeah it's also okay to cut them out if they're gonna be bigots and homophobic yeah it's okay to do these things i i will just want to chime in to say yeah. that if your family is not accepting, you don't have to work on it with them. Exactly. That is your choice and not who, but what you decide to do is completely up to you and up to what your comfort level is. So if your family is just really awful, yeah. that's okay and you don't have to work on having a relationship with them. Right. There is a reason that there is chosen family. Yes. And and exactly that. Like I'm, again, I'm very thankful and I'm very blessed that my parents were like, well, we love you. We don't care. We just want to know what happened. You know, we want to know where the thought is. Right. There are definitely some, like, uh, this is not my story to tell. I did get permission prior, but Emily's family didn't take her coming out very well. Mm-hmm. They, so she came out to friends and she was actually outed by oh. somebody who was not, I don't, I don't know the entire story, so I'll have to ask her to clarify later and later on, but she was outed by somebody. Somebody had posted something or something and her mother found out came down into the basement and was like get the fuck out wow and so she had to pack her bags and had to stay i think she stayed with her sister or a friend for several months now she's still not been to family therapy they don't really talk about it they don't talk about that situation but it took like she kind of recloseted herself for Mm -hmm. years before her and i met and i and i sat her down and i was like and this was before my family and i went to therapy but in the beginning i was like We'll talk about this in a, specifically in another episode, but it's like, you got to at least tell your parents. Yeah. Because I refuse to be a secret. Yeah. You know, and we'll dive deeper into our next episode on that one um, or our next, I don't know if it's the next one or the one after, but we'll dive deeper yeah, into Yeah, one of that. our upcoming episodes. Yeah. And so she did not have a safe coming out story. Like I said, she was outed and her, she's still to this day coming out to people yeah. and like, thankfully her friends were 
okay. Like I, we, I met one of her friends in DC this mm-hmm. past weekend and I was like, how did Emily tell you? Or like it came up in a conversation or something. And she goes, um, you know, I don't really remember. I think Emily was just kind of like, by the way, I'm gay. And I was like, okay. And pass assault. Like, <laughs> And Amazing. so it's just like you're gonna you, you may have situations like that or you may have situations like Emily's parents where they tell you to get out and yeah. how you can't you really cannot you can't base your worth on that. Yeah, and, and you, you can't base if you choose to continue that journey and continue to explore yourself based on how people react yeah. to it as well. You can't control what other people do. Yep. You can control what you do because of their actions. And if there's any advice that I give anybody well, yes, the basic advice is to be the bigger person, is to do what's healthiest and safest for you. Facts. And if and if that's not being the bigger person and that's cutting them out and that's blocking them and that's giving space, then that's what matters to you. Yeah. This is this the same thing that we were talking about earlier at the beginning of the episode. It's not coming out. It's letting in. Yeah. And if you let people in and they take advantage of that and they hurt you, you have every right to shut that door in their I face. was literally about to say that. So thank you for being on the same wavelength as Absolutely. me. Absolutely. This is we always friends. are. We always are. You know, and so it's like, yeah, I mean, that's that's my story. Those are, that's my story. I don't know if you have anything else that you want to add on before we start diving into advice and in future episodes. No, I mean, I think that that just perfectly sums it up. And you just ultimately have to be you. Yeah. You have to be comfortable with being yourself. Um, and what other people think about that doesn't matter. And I know that I know that it, it, it does in your in your heart. It does in the way that you perceive the world. It does in the way that you perceive the people around you. But mm-hmm. ultimately, it's about you and it's about doing what's right for you. Mm-hmm. So these are our stories. Um, I hope that you have found something that you can kind of latch on to from mm-hmm. our stories or from this episode. Uh, we would love to hear about your coming out stories. If you'd like to share them with us, you can uh, reach out to us. And send us your coming out stories at uh, subqueers at gmail.com. And um, you can DM us on Instagram. You can DM us on Instagram. It's subqueers. Same as the email, S-U-P-Q-U-E-E-R-S. You can shoot us a DM. You can comment. Whatever you'd like. Um, You can also send us messages. Um, I'm Liv, L-I-V, Berghaus, B-E-R-G-H-U-I-S on Instagram. And you are I Honestly. I am I Honestly, A-I-Y Honestly. Um, on Instagram and please feel free to reach out. I do check my message requests daily yes. even though there's like nothing in there ever. I it's, check it just in case. Just it's just case, me you know? for my private accounts where I stalk you. <laughs> Shut up. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean just just follow your gut. If, you, if there's any takeaways from this episode, follow your gut. Do what's safest and healthiest for you. This is a lifelong process until social norms change. And and yeah. with the way that we're looking, they ain't changing anytime soon. Yeah. So do what's best and safest for you. And if that's therapy, if that's cutting people out, if that's opening up to your best friend, if that's, oh, God forbid, stay closeted, please don't. No. Please let people in so that you have a safe community. And just know that there are people like you out there that have questions and situations and are curious and everything is okay And so if you, hopefully you find somebody that you can feel safe with and hopefully you feel safe with us. Yes. And we're here for you. Absolutely. We really are. So So feel free to reach out. But I mean, that's, that's everything. That's everything. So this has been our first episode. This is our first one. We did it. 
I'm so excited. All right, y'all. Well, tune in next week at the same time. Thursdays are our release days. We are working on getting on Apple Podcasts. Yes. Currently, we are available um, on all other major platforms. Uh, so I guess uh, that's that's all. And come back next week to find out what's up. Bye, guys. Bye.